Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Marvel 30 Questions. It's time for Moon Knight 30 Questions, a show where each week we'll ask 30 questions about the new Marvel Disney Plus show, Moon Knight. I'm Adam Portress, and joining me today, if it isn't a dream, wake him up. In fact, you know what? You can miss him with dreams altogether. Sweet Sean's a Kovacs from the internet. No one wants to hear about your stupid dreams, Adam. <laughs> and a man who doesn't sleep goes by many names and does accents to a T. Why, it's Bruce Leslie. Cheerio! <laughs> See, I told you, dead on perfect every Brilliant. single time. Uh, like I said, everybody, this is 30 Questions, a show where we ask 30 questions each week that not only do we come up with, but our listeners do as well. If you would like to get a question on the show, you can email us at marvel30q at gmail.com. Uh, make the questions as amazing, as interesting as you possibly can, and uh, we'll get you on the show here. And uh, just a reminder, send those emails as soon as you can. we got a lot of people that are actually sending emails super early. Like, as soon as I wake up, there's emails <laughs> with questions in there. And especially for a show like this that's just now starting out, uh, it warms my heart and makes me happy. Of course, uh, links for that will be in the email as well. Uh, like we said, 30 questions. These can be all over the place. Spoilers for everything. Not a uh, you know your standard beat-by-beat -beat show that you might see in a lot of other places. That's good for those guys. Us, we're a little bit different. Let's get it going with question number one. Uh, just so we can all establish a base here, how familiar were you guys with Moon Knight previous to uh, watching this? Because I'll be honest, I I knew uh, obviously of the iconography of the character and everything, but I don't know that I've ever actually read a Moon Knight book at all. Bruce, I, I, I'm interested in this question with you because it's not a character that you've brought up before. I know the character pretty well. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the earliest episodes of Heroes and Villains I did, like back in 2013, was a Moon Knight episode. So I, I know like the details of the character pretty well. The run that I really enjoyed the most was not all that long ago. Like in the past five years, Jeff Lemire did a really, really good run on Moon Knight that was pretty darned amazing. Really explored the uh, multiple personalities and stuff. But prior to that, I just had like read some older trades from like the 80s and 90s. But I feel like I knew Moon Knight as well as I needed to. I'll just put it that way. When I was a child, Moon Knight was was one of the characters that I just really thought he had a super cool costume. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I would read from time to time. Uh, I would pick up a book on a spinner rack um, just because I, I, I the covers were cool. The character looked cool. And when I was younger, I was a dumb kid. So I didn't really understand what I was reading half the time because, you know, he's always had the problems with his personality. Yeah. And so it was like, oh, so, so in my head, I had it like, oh, he's just crazy Batman in, in an all white costume is <laughs> basically yeah. what I knew of him. Yeah. And then, you know, that there's that really great run. Like you were saying, Bruce, they, they tried to make him at one point where he was like, like a cannibal what one of his personalities was a cannibal and i you can miss me with all of that that was that was yeah. crap but i i like i like that that one run with lemire where he's like um you know like he's doing a deep dive into the character himself and and the it, key on that run is a different artist for each personality. Like it's right. all written by Lemire, oh. but you have like Frank Avia do one of the personalities. You have this sci-fi artist do another personality. So I really liked it because when he would switch alters, uh, they would switch artists. I like yeah, that. Was, That's a great idea. It was a really fun idea and it was a fun book to read too. Um, uh, you know, I'm not a big, the biggest fan in the world of, of, of dreamscape stuff. Yep. And, and so the show so far, uh, a plus for me, but the, the, uh, I, I was really surprised, um, with just how like right out of the gate, they start with this, but the, to, to answer your first question, I'm pretty familiar with moon Knight. I, I've always liked him. Oh. Bruce question two. Did either of you know ahead of time that Ethan Hawk was part of this cast? I did. Adam, do you know the story with Ethan Hawke? Yeah, I, I, I'd learned about it since. I think I had heard initially that he was in it, and frankly, I didn't know the opening sequence was him at first, because I had <laughs> totally forgotten that he was in this, and I wasn't thinking Ethan Hawke in there. I'm just like, who's this old lady that's putting on these shoes? Because those are shoes for ladies. Uh, <laughs> but no, okay. I, was, I was excited. I was just like, oh, I forgot he was he was going to be in this, and uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty great. 
and the reason I asked this question is I didn't know Ethan Hawke was in it. And in fact, when he shows up on screen, there's part of me thinking like, man, this guy looks so much like Ethan Hawke. Why didn't they just get Ethan Hawke? Like I really <laughs> didn't realize it was Ethan Hawke. So I saw the credit, but I, I had this definite thought about like, how great would it have been if they got Ethan Hawke for this role? Well, the and way it turns that, out that's who it was. <laughs> and you know, who got him was, it was, it was literally uh, the, the, the main actor, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac was in a, a coffee shop and Ethan Hawke happened to be in that same coffee shop and, and they're friendly, not good friends, but friendly. And yeah. Oscar Isaac was like, Hey, you want to be in this show with me? <laughs> Ethan Hawke was like, sure. That's okay. literally I'll, I'll how confess. he got the gig. It goes even in the nineties. I considered myself a little bit of a Troy Dyer. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> you see yourself that. as that. I don't get that reference. That's Ethan Hawke's character in reality bites. Oh, I see. But uh, it, it's one even more interesting than that, Sean. Uh, Ethan Hawke was actually going to work with this director on something before this Marvel thing came out. It fell apart, and he was just like, okay, you go and do your Marvel thing. He didn't even realize that that was the Marvel thing that he was going to, which was this with this director that wa- wanted to work with him on something, and they didn't fall through because of this Marvel thing. So he oh, got involved so even more, which is pretty awesome. But that's he, great. But he didn't read the script or anything. He was just like, I like Oscar Isaac. I th- I really enjoy his work. And I was like, sure, I'll do it. And then I found out it was you know him as the director. I was just like, why can I not do this? I, of course I'm going to do it. Just send it over. Done. Number three, Sean. I've been told my entire life you never start a script by having your main character wake up in the first scene. Did Marvel get around this with the glass crushing scene before the credits start? Before we get into our answer, I want to explore the question because now I'm picturing like potty training. You're learning how to use the, the the little child's potty chair. And while you're on the toilet, someone's telling you never start a script by having your main character wake up. <laughs> no, no, I, I my upbringing was very blue collar. Make and sure <laughs> your page margins are correct. Smack, smack, smack. I, I, I literally grew up in a house without any art in it. I, I, <laughs> I had to I had to come by that naturally by myself later. Yeah. Um, it, it it was a an eye opener the first screenwriting class I took that that is one of the first things they tell you in screenwriting is you never start your script with your main character waking up. Here's where the, one of those things comes from. And that my, I think that rule kind of comes from the fact that not necessarily that it's a particularly bad way to start it, but my guess is, is when this started creeping into films was probably somewhere in the sixties and seventies where people were a little bit more flowery in this idea of like, okay, man. So the movie starts and the character wakes up, because we, like the character, are waking up in the moment. We're starting anew just as this character. It feels like it came from that, but it became so overwrought with this, you know, kind of BS that people were just like, listen, don't open that. That's not creative. It's not interesting. It's dumb. That's that's my guess. I think the glass crushing definitely made me totally forget about somebody waking up because once I saw that glass crushing scene in the in the the sandals and everything, I started thinking about Die Hard. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. But it works well with this show because we are learning as this character is what's going on as things are going on. So we still have that kind of we're lost in this sea of whatever's happening, just like this character. So it feels like it works to me. Uh, number four, this one comes to us from Bo. Bo writes, is this the best way that the show could have introduced the concept of multiple personalities and dissociative personality disorder and how it affects this particular character? In other words, did they introduce Stephen Well? That's from Bo from Austin, Texas. Doctor? I think they did fine. You know, I'm outside of the scope of my experience to have a whole lot to say about dissociative identity disorder. Um, I think it was nice that it was something we didn't know right off the bat. If you didn't know the character, like it didn't just start off with that being addressed. You start, you see kind of the problems that it causes around him first, and then it starts to make sense. I think they introduced Steven well enough. Yeah. I'm glad that they start with Steven actually, you know, that most, most of the books didn't do that. I wasn't, I I wasn't introduced to Steven first. I I knew him as Mark Spector first. Yeah. And I think Steve, well, you know, different books, different writers, they have different 
portrayals, but I don't think that this TV Steven really matches up with the book Steven all that much. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think they did a really good job, though, where they start it, you know, where he's basically Stanley Ipkiss from the mask at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Yes. And that's and the, a, the British accent threw me for a little bit of a loop, too. It's a good it's a good starter to me. I, I, I like this character and, and I like Oscar Isaac in the role. You know, I think that he is kind of the perfect person to to play this role because he can do both so well and he can play sniveling sniveling little worm and tough guy you know and i i guess bo's question like is is this um the best way that the show could have introduced the concept i don't think so because the show's not about that concept that's a trait that this character has and the show's about the character but if you're wanting to make a show that gave a uh, a realistic introduction to dissociative identity disorder. I think you show the, the altar slowly emerge and, you know, like I've read a, a fantasy book that does a pretty darn good job of like, you don't even realize it for a while. Then that that's what's going on. Like, you know what I mean? So uh, as far as it's the best possible way to introduce that concept, maybe not, but that's not the point. This is a show about moon Knight, and that's one of his traits or maybe his defining trait. Sure. Number five. How would it make you feel if your alternate personality was a hundred times cooler than you are? Uh, I have a podcast. I understand how all that works. No, <laughs> like that guy's way cooler than the other guy. Just, you don't see all the crap that's back there. <laughs> I don't know. To me, it feels like if, if you're going to have Steven, somebody, you got you to gotta go cooler than yourself, right? Yeah, but if I were Steven, I would be like, well, why couldn't I be the other guy? Let him be the dork. Because, you know, when you're, when you're getting control of the altar, you're like... That's all you know, you know, at least the way that this uh, uh, group of personalities is being uh, demonstrated here. So it would stink knowing that, like, you had all the raw material to be cool, but you just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's just out of your reach. And every time you open your eyes, it's like, oh, I'm back to being me again. Rats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dick Gunfighter is way cooler than I am. It, exactly. <laughs> I think I keep showing up in movies somehow. I don't all know over how that the place. Happens. He's all over the place, that Dick Gunfighter. <laughs> I, you know, for me, if you're going to have, I, I mean, you know, whenever we see something in mass media where there is multiple personalities, there's always, it, that's always the case, right? Where, you know, like the person is, is a nerdy person. And then, you, you know, the, the extrovert comes out with the other personality. I mean, whether it's what we just name checked with the mask, whether it's the nutty professor where, you know, the, the other personality is always the bigger personality because that's the way that mass media portrays it. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I, I think, I think that that's, that's a fairly common trope. Um, I, I, I would it bum me out if the other version of me was cooler than me? No, because I used to be way cooler than I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like 90s Sean, my God, that guy was the coolest. 2020 Sean, he's just a nice old man. <laughs> uh, number six, Sean. If you would have given me a thousand guesses, I wouldn't have guessed that F. Murray Abraham is the voice in his head. Would you? I know, but I like it. Salieri, isn't that Salieri yeah, from it is. Amadeus? Yeah, awesome. yeah. Yeah. And that's who's doing it. That's who's doing the voice. Which is perfect. It's kind of a mental head trip going on with Amadeus there, too. He's your go to if you want to do this kind of thing. And I asked this question specifically for Adam because I figured that of the three of us, Adam would have been the person who would have picked up on this. I, it would have, it would, I don't, I would have gotten it in a thousand. I can tell you that. Uh, but <laughs> um, it was like at first, it was like you're listening and, and it's like, is that Peter Cullen? No, wait, is that Brian Cox? Is that like who is this? Who is, is that like, Peter Coyote? Yeah, there's a little because there's there's a is it Patton Oswalt. There's a great certain mix that is done with the voice that like, and I I can't tell you what it is, but like them making it kind of boomy and there's a little something else that they've kind of put on the front end of it where it gives it just this kind of very alternate reality sort of thing that takes the F Murray Abraham out of it just a little bit. But like when you, when you hear that, you go, Oh, I can, I can see it now. I can hear them in there now. But uh, the processing that they've done on it, it was the thing that kind of like threw me for a loop. Little compression or something. 
Beats the heck out of me. Uh, number seven, at first I wondered why he put sand around his bed, but then I realized it's a way to check for footprints, much like the way he keeps the tape on the door to detect intruders. If you thought someone came into your home regularly or that you sleepwalked out, what precautions would you take? That's from our buddy Big Dave Movies. Okay, so Big Dave, uh, I sort of kind of had this problem, uh, not sleepwalking, but with people breaking into cars. Uh, back when I lived in Charlotte and the precautions that I took were I, I had uh, video camera surveillance set up and uh, and and floodlights that would trip the second that somebody walked into our uh, into our yard. And once that happened, everything, everything went away. So I would say I would say that's what I would do. Legos, Legos everywhere. Just Ooh, lots boy. of loose Legos that that keeps intruders out and it keeps me in. What if you got to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night? <laughs> Depends, baby. <laughs> I hate your guts to the biggest level that you possibly could think of for that, Bruce Leslie. Um, for me, I, I don't really, I don't, I've never actually sleepwalked or anything, but my brother had when we were younger. And I'm going to tell two stories. He never listened to any of my podcast, so I can say these freely. Uh, when we were little, like he was probably, I don't know, three or four or something. Woke up one night and uh, attempted to walk out the front door. Oh, wow. Uh, and actually made it out. And so we had like a porch that had about a three-foot drop, no no railing or anything. But he could just, he almost walked right off of that thing. Got up out of, his, out of the bedroom, walked down the hall, opened up the front door, unlocked and opened up the front door, and walked out onto the porch almost to get off before the, my parents realized he had done that. Grabbed him just as he was, you know, on the porch and everything. So uh, that was wild. He never did. He, the only other one that he did previous uh, to that one was. Oh no, there were two more. I'm sorry. Sorry, Mark. You're getting well. Super what did what did they? What did did your parents do anything to mm, keep that from happening? No, it just kind of didn't really happen. Like other it than the other away? two times where, like, once he woke up and peed in the refrigerator, that was no wow. <laughs> then wow, there, that's a good one. Then there was <laughs> another one. one. He didn't. He was clearly trying to pee in it, but couldn't get into the dresser drawers. But all of a sudden, my mom was just like. She heard this little metal clanging one night. It's like, what's going on? Goes in. He's half asleep trying to open up the uh, the chest of drawers so he can use the bathroom in it. So, you know, sorry, Mark, but you just got uh, outed on this podcast. I, I won't reveal any names, but I do have a family member who once peed in an acoustic guitar while sleepwalking. Oh, my wow. Lord. That takes a lot <laughs> yes. of skill. You got six strings in front of the hole and everything. That's a that's a lot of work. Oh, I don't think a I reservoir could, that holds the pee till morning. I don't think I could do that straight sober. Let's go to question eight. <laughs> Were you guys a little bored during the first third of this episode? I wasn't. I, I, I wasn't. Found it, I found it like interesting because again, like we wake up with with this character, with the Steven character, and we don't know where things are going and we're mapping out his entire day, meeting all the people that are in it. And uh, I don't know, it's, it seemed to move along pretty well. Yeah. Plus I like watching Oscar Isaac be, be flummoxy and, you know, a little man versus yeah. what he usually is, which is the coolest guy in the room, including in real life. Yeah. He's like the it, exact opposite of what his character in Dune was. Well, and I've been uh, dealing with some perpetual exhaustion lately. So, like, after I watched the episode, I laid down and took a three-hour nap, which is something I don't normally do. So, maybe that was part of it. But I really, in the first third or so, I was really wanting it to get going. But once it got going, I was into it. Yeah, it, it's definitely a, uh, a one that kind of feels like we're we're dealing it all out to our six episodes in very specific and strategic ways in order to get the story across. And so... I, I just don't know how much you're going to cover in this small amount of time, it seems. Let's go to nine. Uh, I know I'm old because every time that his boss, Stephen's boss, yells at him for being a screw up, I kept thinking to myself, yeah, she's totally right. She needed to yell at him for that. What do you guys think? <laughs> I'm with you there, man, because I've, I've reached the point where I'm like between being a parent and you know, work-related stuff between those two. I am so sick of people having an excuse every day for everything. Yeah. Oh boy. All the excuses. It's like, okay, so you've been late 18 days in a row and you didn't think maybe the 19th day you should have left a little bit earlier. You know, <laughs> it, it, yeah, I'm with you on that one. 
Uh, yeah. I, I say this as somebody who sent someone home last night for quote unquote throwing up. I was just like, just listen, just get out of here. I'll do your job. I'll do my job. I don't care. Just leave. Just just get out of here. Stop wasting quote my unquote time. throwing up. Yeah, it's he's saying pretend that they were pretending. There's to a throw lot. Up. There's there's this. You know, some people just have a myriad of things that always seem to happen to them just on particular times and you know. Whatever. It's just a lot of coincidence going on. That's all I'm saying. Oh, if somebody t- at work tells me that they threw up, I want to see the vomit. Oh, I want... No, trust me. <laughs> I was a dipstick so I can tell if it's real vomit or fake vomit. I was already... Trust me. I've cleaned up enough vomit at my job to... <laughs> I bet. Oh, my Lord. This last one. I don't know what they were doing, but they all of a sudden... It was just uh, like let's somebody not said, too go. deep into this one. That's there, all. Buddy. No, I wasn't. I was just saying they said, go, and then like just try to like cover as much as you can. Um... But what, what, all right, what question? Number 10, Adam. Adam. <laughs> is Stephen Grant the primary identity? My crackpot theory is that the primary identity changes with the phases of the moon. Instead of Moon Knight's superpowers being stronger due to the full moon, each of the identities rotate in relation to the moon's phases. And since we can't see a crescent moon in this, or since we can see a crescent moon in this episode, uh, the weaker identity is primary. Thanks, guys. Love the show. That's from Nate. Nate, I don't know if that's an idea, but I love it. Yeah, I love that idea. What a great idea. I I, I I like the idea, but I think I'm going to poo-poo on it a little bit. Please. Because, I mean, he's established a job that he's had for a while. And, you know, the, the phases of the moon are every week. You know, so like Steven's been around and he's been expressed and he's been the primary long enough to kind of get this job at this museum and stuff. Yeah, I think you're right. Also, there's that moment where he answers the the flip phone that's been hidden and yeah. the person on the other end of the phone says, I've been trying to call you for months. Where are you? Where, where have you been? And he has no idea what's happening, which says to me that, you know, this, this is something that happens over, over months at a time, not weeks. But I, I do think by the end of the show, we have to establish who is the primary. You know yes. what I mean? And I yes. think it's probably going to be Mark as the primary. And that's yes, I, I would think agree. we are. I agree. To me, that's where I think that the show is really smart is to start it with this character and then goes, no, wait a minute. The thing that you thought that you knew, that's not it. This is, the, it turns this out is the main guy. Mark is like, you know, the action guy, but he can't handle the mundane day to day life. So that's where Stephen Grant got created. I, I think it'll be something more because usually we think it's like the trauma or the abuse causes the action star to become the altar. But I think we're going to see it's something weird, something different. Yeah, this time mm-hmm. it's just Moon Knight doesn't have a fly on his uh, costume. So he's got to go back to Stephen just so he can use the bathroom properly. <laughs> that's true. That's my best guess. Let's go to 11. <laughs> Are flip phones making a comeback? Strangely, they kind of are. Like I, I, I know a little bit about this because there is some, there is a small group of people that are doing kind of a, kind of a rollback, if you will, getting rid of technology. It's something that like I yeah. applaud, but can't re- like I, I, I would love to do it, but don't do it. Is to go back to like what they call feature phones, like these flip phones, like the Motorola Razor that's in this thing, where you can do the things that you need to. You can text on it. It's a little bit of a turd. You can go on the internet on it. It's a little bit sucky, but you can do those things. But it makes sure that you. Don't don't do those things. And that's so uh, they kind of are making a little bit of a comeback in, uh, in well, the last set. week, last week, prior to seeing this episode, I was talking to an orthopedic surgeon who said he got rid of his iPhone and got a flip phone so that it's only for communication. And he doesn't like stay up too late looking at the internet and he doesn't like, you know, always feel like he needs to be on the phone or whatever. He uses it just for communication. And that made me wonder. And my uncle did the same thing. So I'm starting to wonder if there is this flip phone comeback. Going yeah. On. Everybody that I've heard that's done it has uh, just raved about how like it's it's just so nicely liberating to not have this thing that you have to feel connected to all the time. I'm waiting for bag phones to make it, but it's super cool. It's so great having all of those things. So it's, it's, it's a really, I, I, I love it and I hate it. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'd love to do that. But yeah, these the stories time, make me upset. Yeah. These stories are all making me upset because I, I do not have a job where I, I, I am permitted to have a flip phone. I, I would be fired within the first 15 minutes. If somebody <laughs> saw me with a bloody flip phone. <laughs> No, I agree. Oh, Nobody, God. no, it doesn't. It help. The only person that quote unquote helps is you. It's going to hurt everybody else, if especially yes. if they're relying on you getting back to them in what we'll call at least a timely manner. My God, people would people would go, oh, that's a hilarious joke, and then they would go, where's your real phone? <laughs> it's a really, it's a big turd when you got a text with all the T nine. 
dun, 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 dun. Oh, shoot. Messed that one up. Hold on back. <laughs> Gotta hit the nine four times before you get that Z in there. Oh, man. Uh, Twelve, Sean. We see a living statue this episode, and it seems like such an awful job. Now, there's a ton of awful jobs out there, but what's the next awful job in the line? So, like, you know, like, I mean, there's people who have way worse jobs than the living statue, but it is a bad job. Like the next one down from from living statue. Well, first off, is living statue like a guild? gig like is there a union <laughs> there's probably there's probably a, a bit of a guild locally where uh-huh. like uh oh have you have you talked to mark yet like that kind of thing but i i wouldn't <laughs> guess that it would be something that's like you know like like how, uh oh oh we're, we're putting into your 401k local yeah. statue 17 how long ago was it when we watched clerks for the other show yeah, two weeks three weeks yeah, the the mopper guy from that show. That would be worse. <laughs> that is a, that, uh, but I mean, there's a lot of worse jobs. I'm just talking about the next step down from living statue. I think if <clears> you're close the up pers- magician. No, close up magician is cooler than that. I don't know. Living statue. If people like living statue, you don't have to put yourself out there like you just are still and they come to you close-up magician you're always harassing people that have like a uh, they're trying to catch their subway they got somewhere to go and you're trying to harass them on the street to look at your magic trick the living statue isn't getting animosity at most they're getting ignored bruce's idea of a of a street magician is a hustler who's doing the three card monte on you <laughs> <laughs> see for me i think it's the next the next phase down from from bad job it goes it'll go living statue and the next one down is person working at like a target style place like department store kind of store that that's trying to sell you uh, a, an alternative cable. Oh, let oh. me tell you, I did that for a week, and uh, I wanted to die. I every, bet every possible second. It was the that's worst. a really bad job. You know, there are people like in kiosks and malls selling like remodeling of your bathroom stuff that you're not going to buy from a kiosk at a mall. That always looks pretty bad. You know what I'm talking about? Those mall kiosks. I'm not talking about the people that sell some goofy little gadget, but there's like mall kiosks for things like you don't buy from a mall. Kiosk. I, I don't understand that at all. Why, why you, why would anyone, why would anyone think that's a good business model? Especially at a but mall. At our particular mall, there's one for bathroom makeovers at a kiosk in the mall. That's I don't know, so crazy. I don't know if they've ever, ever had a single customer. Number 13, what was the last cupcake that you had that was face-smashing good? That comes from Aaron M. Oh, I'm not a cupcake guy. It might be strange to believe, but I'm not big on cupcakes. I prefer muffins. What is a muffin if not just a weird cupcake? Better texture, better flavor, yeah. better self-esteem. Better self-esteem. <laughs> Um, I have, I've, I think I've had one, uh, what I would call a face-smashingly good uh, cupcake Years ago, when I was working in news, this uh, girl I was working with, she made these uh, s'mores cupcakes where they actually had this like uh, marshmallow frosting that was then blowtorched. So it was all toasty and then like a little piece of uh, chocolate right there in the top and like this graham cracker. It was unbelievable. Uh, That was probably the best one that I ever had. And then I continued to screw that relationship up really good and, uh, you know, never heard from her since. (laughs) Sean, what's your best cupcake? Mine's a grand muffin. Adam's is some geefieri blowtorch s'more thing. Uh, I I think, you know, I wouldn't, you probably wouldn't call it a cupcake, but the best thing like that that I've had in the last couple of years in, in memory. Cause I don't remember eating a cupcake and being like, yep, that's the best cupcake I've had in years. Uh, is that I had, uh, I went to, a, a, a bakery and they had what they called the original Twinkie, which is the original version of how they used to make Twinkies. Hmm. And it's got like, it's got, it looks like a Twinkie except it's, tastes good instead of like a Twinkie <laughs> and it was amazing. And, and it's got like a banana pudding filling in it, right? It is. It's like a, it's like a banana kind of whip cream in the middle of it. 
And man, it was to die for. It was really great. And that's the last really good thing like that, that I had. Hot if you want to call that a cupcake, I don't know what you call that, but eh, anything's a cupcake. If you try hard enough, we call that a confection. Save that for your next novel. <laughs> <laughs> 14 Bruce. Did Steven sleepwalk from London to the Alps? He flew. <laughs> Um, I'd like to think that he took some, some kind of, uh, taxi in the moon night costume. (laughs) (laughs) Now, are you trying to tell me that, that he like flew commercial or that he just like Superman flew? No, I think that he flew commercial or actually what he probably did because he's such a tough guy in that other, in one of his other personalities is that he probably chartered a plane to the Alps. Stowed away in the cargo in Delta. Because that's some pretty impressive sleepwalking. You know what I mean? Chartering the plane. But it's not really, I mean, it's not sleepwalking what he's doing. He thinks it is. I'll just say that's what he thinks it is. Yeah. Yeah. But I was kind of wondering, because at at first I thought he was still somewhere in England. And then later on you see, oh, this is definitely not the UK when they're going down the the mountain and stuff. So I, I was a little lost on that one. How did he get to the Alps? But I guess he was a little lost on it too. And at the same time too, it's like, I feel like this has probably been happening to him just at least a little bit because I feel like I would be a little bit more surprised at the change of my location, especially <laughs> given where you were. I hope he was sleeping gliding to the Alps. See, just, it, it was bizarre. I don't know. 15. This show has has me totally at odds with myself because I hate the is this real or am I dreaming trope, but I love guys staring at his hands because he has no idea how he just beat up seven guys. Do you have any advice as, as how I can watch this without living on such a roller coaster ride? Oh, man, I'm no good for you here because I'm kind of with you on this. Mm-hmm. I like it all uh, to me. It's. I, I love trying to figure out what's going on, piecing these things together. And that's how I end up looking at it is like, is a mystery, is this kind of, uh, yeah, you, you have to look for some fake outs and stuff like that. And I, that's why I've even become a fan of the double, triple, quadruple fake outs that people do. It's like, oh, you thought you were in a dream? You were in a dream within a dream within a dream, you know, and that I, kind of stuff, I which think- I don't know why, but I, I like it because it's just as soon as you think you're out, bam, you're right back in. And I think with the end of this first episode that we're probably going to get less of some of that. Like, I think yeah. we're going to get to follow him through personalities a little bit more. And I think more personalities are going to emerge. Yeah, I think this is easily just kind of the setup for what all of this is going to be. And, you know, I think the end of it, the show basically, you know, kind of lays that out for sure. But, yeah, one of the biggest problems I've always had with Moon Knight is I just want to see uh, vigilantes do some vigilanteing. And with, with this, you never know. Well, with the character, I never know. Am I really seeing this or is he just thinking that that's what happened? Oh, that's interesting. I never put that one together that like maybe he believes that this is happening as opposed to it actually happening. Like that Jeff Lemire run on the comic that I really liked. Uh, by the end of that run, you still don't know if anything that you saw on this page really happened. I do kind of like that sort of stuff as well, which was just like, was this all real? Is this a bunch of BS? Um, it's all Shutter Island. Spoiler for Shutter Island, guys. <laughs> Boy, uh, you want to talk about a, a movie with one of those endings where you're like, yeah, we literally saw that coming from the very beginning of this movie. <laughs> but you're not fooling a single human being with where this is headed. Uh, the lady that wrote that's just like, she's as South Carolina as all get out. I, I kind of look. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard some interviews with her. She's kind of great. She's like, Let me tell you something now. At least is my memory. Uh, number 16, uh, blue people or anime? Which avatar is better? Okay, scratch that. How bad is Avatar 2 actually going to be? Will anyone care? I don't um, get what this question has to do with Moon Knight. Because uh, they say he's an avatar of Honshu, the oh, moon I god. Oh, I see, I see. And he says, blue people avatar or anime avatar? I That's see, I says. see, I see. Yeah. But uh, Avatar 2, I'm holding out. I'm going to go against the grain and say it's going to be earth-shatteringly good. Like, everybody's going to go in and want to hate it, and they're going to say, no matter how much I wanted to hate this, it changed my life. It's the James Cameron effect. He keeps yeah. doing this over and over again, where everyone's like, I I am, I cannot wait to watch this movie, to hate watch this movie, and it's good. It's James Cameron. <laughs> the man can make a movie. It's going to be good. I mean, it's not going to be like, I wouldn't call the movie Avatar a great movie, 
but it's a fun movie to watch. I would think that the second yeah. one's going to be Avatar fun. Avatar 2 also. will probably barely make $2 billion at the box office. Probably just barely. I hope it just tanks. I don't know why. Maybe like, <laughs> but at the same time too, there's a, like, I, there was a, Adam, s- you know, better than anyone else. Oh. Just, just how, how well that man constructs a movie. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't like it. Cause there's a good po- reason that this movie is going to be good and it shouldn't even exist. And I, 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 I think James Cameron is such a talented director that I wish that he was pointing his divining rod at something else. That's far better than that. That's all. Well, we'll see. I've had enough. 17. <laughs> Titanic 2. Uh, do they intentionally, this question comes to us from Justin, by the way. Do they intentionally try to make Ethan Hawke look like an old Gary Busey? <laughs> I put or, this in around here. here. We just call old Gary Busey, Gary Busey. <laughs> hey there, champ. <laughs> so imagine Ethan Hawke in the reboot of Ginger Dead Man. I'm down. Oh, what that. <laughs> Okay, Ethan Hawke and Gary Busey uh, just change careers for like five years. See what happens. I would <laughs> imagine what's the next it. Before Sunrise, only with Gary Busey in it. Boy, I hope Ethan Hawke <laughs> likes pills because that is uh, <laughs> that is going to be the key to being Gary Busey. <laughs> but just you know, like those those other crappy movies that he's in get elevated to a big giant level. And then, you know, art house pieces get a little bit of Gary Busey action. I don't see anything wrong with any of it. Yeah. It, it, I, I do love the idea of having Gary Busey in this Marvel property where <laughs> he's the main baddie and he keeps, you know, like with all of his weird quirks that he has that, you know, like, no, no, the, the glass has got to be real in my shoes. And I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you guys in on a little industry secret you might not know. Gary Busey notoriously difficult to direct. Huh? It's because they don't have huh. any love in their heart. You know what love stands for, right? It stands for living out vicariously through emotions. All right. So he, you got to that, rip yeah. out people's endocrine system on set. Well, I mean, listen, you don't <laughs> mess with Gary Busey. You should know that right off the jump. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't mess with him. 18, Sean. 18, the level of detail is incredible, and it was collaborative. The glass in the shoes was suggested by Ethan Hawke. My favorite detail is the solved Rubik's Cube in the foreground the first time we see Stephen wake up. What is your favorite detail of this episode? And that is from Kev, a.k.a. Will Billy. No mention of Kev. My favorite detail on the show is that somebody, the good people over at Reddit, have done uh, the, the the research for me. And on the scarab, there is Egyptian hieroglyph and somebody did the translation for it. And it says, oh God, who dwells in the sacred bark, primeval God himself is what it says on the scarab, that gold nice. scarab. Wow. Uh, just just a wonderful, wonderful little detail that they, the fact that they did it in Egyptian and then and, and it was correct to the point where somebody who's Egyptian did the did the conversion is just such a lovely little touch. And I don't know if he's the showrunner or not, but the director of this first episode is an Egyptian director. So maybe that's some of that uh, authenticity comes through. Oh, here. very nice. Yes. And uh, he is, uh, he was uh, very vocal about how he thought all the Egyptian stuff in uh, Wonder Woman 2 sucked. Mm-hmm. He's like, none of this is good. Like we're putting together, according to him, the most, you know, kind of accurate Egypt re- representation of that culture in comic book movies to date, according to him. So pretty wow. cool. So what did, what do you guys have a favorite detail? Oh man, I, I'm not good at spotting details, so I don't know if I have a favorite one. What about you, Adam? You've got a more critical eye than Mine's I do. Mine's just kind of like a little bit of the CG type stuff. It's not necessarily what was on screen as far as like art direction per se, but there's a little bit of that, I guess, that kind of has to go on to this as well. With the repeating mirrors on both sides and like which uh, which ones moved and which ones didn't within that series of reflections that go back. So the the mark that moves is there, but then the rest of them are all set up back. I thought it's real interesting how they planned all that out and the very specifics of how he interacts with the reflection and everything. I thought it was very well done. And I I think uh, a detail that's well, I think that a detail that's going to be more important as the show plays out is we're going to see things that they put in this episode one. 
that become clear, like sixth sense style later on that this was part of his. Yes. I think this, I think you're totally right. This really has the feel of one of those shows where, when you, you're going to be rewarded for a rewatch. Number 19, who is Steven leaving messages for? It's surely not his mother. Man, there ain't nobody nobody on the other end of that phone. I'm getting a little bit of a Norman Bates kind of feeling here. But yeah, I don't think that uh, I don't think that Moon Knight's biological mother is Stephen Grant's mother. But who knows who he's talking to? But, but it's I, I don't like this. But it's always, idea, but it's though. always like a messaging machine and stuff like that. So he's not leaving it with any. He's not talking to any particular person like in real time. But he is leaving a message on who we are to believe is his mother's machine. We're gonna find out in the final episode. It's Laura Lenny that he's leaving all those messages for the whole time. What is that? What is that reference? I'm just thinking of her character in uh, Love Actually that keeps getting called nonstop by her brother who's in a mental institution. Ah. Yeah, that's a deep pool. That's the overlap (laughs) of Love Actually and Moon Knight fans. That one's for you guys. It's just (laughs) the the uh, the 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 chart is just one big circle. (laughs) Dear sirs, I can't believe you finally did it. (laughs) That's that's one of those details. I think we're going to find out later on. I almost kind of stepped on that uh, question with the previous question. All right, Uh, twenty. Were you worried we wouldn't even get to see Moon Knight in the first episode? Because I was starting to get that way near the end. I By the time that we're about 75% through, it felt like they better show him at the end of this episode. <laughs> Otherwise, you are going to have a real kind of problem on your hands. And maybe you should have released two episodes. But because they only released one, I was like, we got to see him by the end of this episode. There's no way we get to the end of this episode. No Moon Knight. People going to riot on that. Well, and you guys remember my anger towards uh, uh, the Scarlet Witch show. Yeah, because, WandaVision. Yeah, WandaVision. Because for what felt like 14 episodes, <laughs> they were just on a sitcom. Uh, but for this show, I I, I really was starting to, <laughs> like, I, I started checking how much yeah. more time is left in this episode. They better, there better be a Moon Knight sighting by the end of this. <laughs> you wouldn't want any and, Moon Knight in your Moon Knight, would you? Oh, boy. And, and you know, we did get them, so it's fine. Yeah, if they hadn't shown Moon Knight, I think it would have sunk this series for a lot of casual watchers. Absolutely, it would have. Well, what do you think? What do you, what do we think about the costume? Let's just kind of because we we didn't see it too too awful much in this particular episode, but based upon what we've seen vis a vis the comics and everything, what do you think? I, I like the way it looked, but to me, it looked one hundred percent CG. Yeah, is there a practical component to it? I don't know. We didn't get a great look I at feel it, but like, I liked it. I feel like the cape is CG from what it looked like. At least. Oh, for me, to, to me, the whole thing looks CG. And it might be. I don't know. But well, I will say this, at least in an interview that I saw, Oscar Isaac did say, like, there's a lot of stuff that he puts on, but it is not nearly as bad as his experience doing Apocalypse. Oh, well, so, come on. Few things could be. <laughs> well, I, I think it just even from a com- uh, from a comfort standpoint, not even just how bad that movie yeah. actually was. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. But, uh, and I also suspect we're going to see more than one Moon Knight costume. Just like oh yeah, yeah yeah for sure. There's definitely a, a Mr. Moon Knight or whatever he calls himself. Mr. Knight. I'm wondering if they'll have the uh, astronaut werewolf Moon Knight thing too. Oh man, that'd be so great. <laughs> you got to leave something for seasons two and three. Come on. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Twenty one. Ethan Hawke is only on the show because Oscar Isaac asked him to do it. Do you guys think I could be friends with Oscar Isaac and get on the show? Bruce, I want to hear your take. I have one. I think Oscar Isaac seems like a nice guy, Sean. I hmm. think you, uh, you, you, you just kind of saddle up to him when he's at your local Jack in the Box getting mm-hmm. a taco with a slice of cheese. You know, I love the Jack in the Box, <laughs> and you just uh, start saying, "Hey, I couldn't help but notice you're wearing Adidas. I too am wearing Adidas. I too. Can I Adidas can I interest you in my you know, sourdough boom. burger? <laughs> yes. All right. See, Bruce, I, I gotta. I got to push back, and I'll t- I'll tell you why. Uh, at first, all of it really kind of makes sense, but really, when you start thinking about the Sean Oscar Isaac friendship, it really comes down to this: between the two of these guys, separate, they're perfectly fine. 
you put them together, first and foremost, Sean, way taller. Too much, mm-hmm. too much tall. He'll look like he's you're gonna overpower him. He's gonna be a little bit intimidated by that. So that that goes. But he is a very good looking man. And so problem is though, is that between the two of you, and I think this is the most important part, too much swarthiness. And I mean I say that with love. Between you're the, not wrong. Between the two you of you, not, too much you swarthy. Are not wrong. We are both dirty-blooded people, I, for it's, sure. It's too much. You don't want that. The, the, uh, you can have that energy like out of one, but not two. Wasn't there a Simpsons joke where they had a sign that said, you have to be at least this swarthy to come in or something like that? <laughs> so that, that, sure sounds about sounds, right. that definitely sounds like a Simpsons joke. <laughs> so that's what I think. I think if it's like separately, they're perfectly fine. You t- put them together, too much swarth. Man, there's a lot of swarthiness there, for sure. Not not for not, not for this podcaster. <laughs> Uh, number 22, do you guys watch the credits for the Marvel shows? I like to watch them to see how many uh, blank actor cards we get. It looks like this show has it has one. Uh, that comes from Joe S. How, Yo, how this is tell a blank actor card? I don't be, know enough. Because there'll be a space. Okay. You and, and they can't and truncate that space when they leave it blank? They probably, they pro- it's probably cheaper for them just to leave it blank. <laughs> sure, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, Joe, this is a very excellent point. I've never done this with Marvel before. I absolutely am going to start doing it because you just brought it up. Thank you. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense and stuff. And of course, all you got to do is just, you know, click one button and it's that part is off of that timeline. Just export that one out. You're good to go. Mm-hmm. Easy, easy. What do you think are the chances it's Mephisto that's in the blank spot? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's I think he's going to show up in every Marvel show. One to one. 100%. Bruce, 23. Will there be a hot lady who gets in a love triangle with Steven and Mark? Like, she loves Mark, but Mark's not interested in her, but Steven's in love with her, but she doesn't like Steven? I figure, I, I, I picture like a very Mrs. Doubtfire-esque kind of thing going on where he's like <laughs> having dinner with both of the people at the same time and he's got to keep going back and forth between characters and hilarity ensues. I'm watching that all day long. He keeps making antiquated references to things. They could even, they could even do like a Cyrano thing where Mark keeps telling Steven what to say to make her like him. Uh, that's a pretty good guy. He's just a, it's a, like Gollum. He's looking down. He's like, no, no, tell her this. <laughs> But they got to do that. Marvel loves to do that. They've done that with uh, like She-Hulk and Jessica. Oh, yeah. Um, they, they've done that quite a bit where the people with dual identities that get in those love triangles. You they know, they do. did that for a while with Mary Jane, like Spider-Man, but not Peter Parker, I think. Mm-hmm. But they love to do that. So what you're they saying do. is you really want to see a love story with the boss from the uh, museum. <laughs> no, I wanted to be a character yet to be introduced. That's all that's we've gotten blank so actor far. Card is. That's all we've gotten so far. So that's where I'm going to say the two of them. Need to be hitting the town. I think that'd be a fun show. 24, Sean. Let's say this show is at about a seven. What's the grade you give this show if instead of Oscar Isaac, Moon Knight was played by Jared Leto? Ten. Ten. <laughs> a ten is where you would go? I'm going, I'm going to go, if if the show as is is a seven, Leto replaces uh, Oscar as, I'm going three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd go I three. Think, I think this could be the role that lets Jared Leto go full crazy. Like, like I think he would just get so into it that he would be bad at it, and that would make my enjoyment go up somehow. It'd be like, if you know, if Nicolas Cage was Moon Knight, we're in for a ride. Bruce, you know what? Sounds to me like you're a Leto bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I bought my white garment to go to the next 30 Second to Mars concert. Nice. <laughs> Uh, number 25, this one comes to us from Matt. Matt writes, my nine-year-old son found Moon Knight too scary. I had to turn it off and watch it on my own later. Afterwards, I noticed that Disney rates the show 16+. plus. This compares to the following ratings for the other shows. Boba Fett, 12+, plus, Mandalorian, 14+, plus, Hawkeye, 12+, plus, Loki, 12+, plus, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, 12+, plus, WandaVision, 9+. Plus. Is Marvel experimenting with more adult fare, and could we be underestimating the appetite for an R-rated TV show? By the way, Netflix, uh, Marvel shows, Daredevil, etc. are on Disney+. Plus. Uh, here now, is, this, is it the same in the U.S.? That is from He-Hulk, a.k.a. Matt from Bristol, UK. Uh, it is indeed on uh, Disney Plus here in the US yeah, as well. Right yeah. Now. That's why in the past couple of weeks, when you logged into Disney Plus, you had to 
set your age setting or whatever. You guys mm. had to do that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And a passcode. And I'm going to take that passcode off because I don't like entering that every time. I'm an adult and there's no one else using this. Yeah, thing. yeah. So, me too. Uh, I'm gotta, doing the same. What a pain in the butt that <laughs> thing is. My 11 year old seen worse than Daredevil. I was about to say, at the Leslie household, there ain't no restrictions on nothing because y'all, <laughs> yeah. Bruce's kids have seen some stuff where I'm just like, you took your kids to see that? Wow. <laughs> Green Inferno on your ninth birthday? <laughs> <laughs> What's eating brains between a couple of friends, right? I I don't know that we have the same ratings on the shows though. Like, do I don't think we have the six. I think fourteen plus is like where it stops, then it goes to TVMA. So I don't you know don't if we know. have a sixteen plus on this, but I don't know why this would be a sixteen plus and Falcon and the Winter Soldier wouldn't be. I didn't find anything too disturbing in here. It's just scary, but there. You know, well, there is in the eye of there, the beholder. It, yeah, but there is a scary aspect to movie night you know like there's like you know with the ghosts and the like i i could see being a little kid and being scared of the show okay according to the u.s rating system as it as it works with this uh moon knight is it a tv 14 on netflix yeah that's what i would think so that yeah that feels about what this episode god forbid you show a booby (laughs) or a little a little (laughs) bit more blood even because like you know as much as there's like some blood here and there, but like you rarely see it coming out of a person. So I don't know. Yeah. You uh, see horse blood. 26. Did you feel a little cheated that the show skipped over a lot of the fight scenes? You know, I would, but I just really love the, the cuts in this first episode. It's really great. It's, it's, it's like, it makes it so interesting and fun. And, funny even yeah and and i just really really enjoyed watching the driving scene specifically i think that's a great it's my favorite yeah, scene that in the was show. a good scene and and i think that it, it gives way more than just your typical fight scene plus i think we're going to get to see plenty of those fight scenes later on Oh yeah. Yeah, this is this is the like what what have I been doing? What's going on? I have no idea. And so when you finally see it, and like and we see a little bit at the the end of this episode, which I thought was great, like the little kind of demon thing or whatever running away trying to get out of the bathroom and him dragging it back in there and just beating the crap out of it. I was like, great, this will be what we see, you know, after this episode when we finally get to see those things. Now we're going to feel I think more satiated because we've, we've kind of had it teased. It's like, here's this thing. How is he doing this stuff? What's going on now? We're going to see it and we're going to enjoy it. So I'm all about it. 27 Sean is Oscar Isaac, the sexiest Oscar of all time. And I'm talking, I'm talking like real life Oscars. I'm talking about characters named Oscar. You got your Oscar, the grouch, you got Oscar from the office. I think it comes down to how you feel about a uh, Puerto Rican boxer named Oscar De La Hoya. Pretty oh, sexy you're right. Oscar De La Hoya is sexier than Oscar Isaac. You're right. Yeah. Uh, and I will, because I thought like, oh, this is a very interesting question. So I put in like. Oscar from the odd couple, Jack. Who was the play? <laughs> Not Jack Lemon, but the other guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I know who you mean. He played Quincy forever too. Klugman. Jack Klugman. Jack Klugman. Jack Klugman. Um, I like because oh, don't put in <laughs> don't put in sexy Oscar into a uh, search engine. <laughs> by the way, the fish you or know, or at least Tori you know, McClure gets the fish when he puts in sexy Oscar. Keep the uh, keep the safety filter on on that one. And, uh, <laughs> that's all I'll say for that. Uh, yeah, I would say he's up there. He's certainly up there. There's you know, Oscar the Grouch is about as, as about as good as you get with about anything else. Wasn't the kid in? Uh, uh, the little baby in Ghostbusters 2 named Oscar? Yeah, but would you call that baby? Is that a sexy baby? <laughs> That's not baby? a sexy baby. I'm just trying to think of characters <laughs> named Oscar. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you got Odd Couple, you got Grouch, you got De La Hoya, and you got the fish. There's a type of fish called an Oscar. That's about I it think, for me and Oscar. I, I got to say, I got to say, I think De La Hoya, I think that you've nailed it. Oscar De La Hoya is sexier than Oscar Isaac. So who is the Academy Award named after? Was there like an Oscar Smith or something? That, that, that was after, after the movie Oscar starring Sylvester Stallone. Don't you know anything oh, about there history? You go. What an yeah. idiot. Jeez, thought everybody knew that one. You uh, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Number 28 comes to us from Justin. Uh, Justin writes in, was this the best MCU series opener? Because I kind of feel like it was. Justin Strong, a.k.a. St. Kitts. 
Justin, you are completely, you are completely validated having this opinion. However, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier has the most opening to any show ever with the fight, with the aerial fight at the beginning. So what I didn't know, does he mean like opening sequence, like opening title sequence and theme song? For For just okay, he means the first episode. Okay. Because I couldn't remember the opening sequence very much, but I'm sure they have a theme song and some visuals and stuff. Well, the 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 kind of quote theme, if you will, it really isn't played to the end of this episode. Well, that's under proper credits. And my guess is that'll probably come towards the beginning of the other ones, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how things work over there at the Marvel. Just as soon as you think they're gonna zig, they zag right on you. I don't need to be uh, zagged. I'll on. say Thank this you. is this is amongst my favorite. I don't know if it's the favorite because man, I've liked several of them. Yeah, but it's definitely set better with me than the first episode of Wandavision did. Just got that going for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do like this 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 opening. I think it's a good opening. However, I I, I mean, you're you're not gonna beat that aerial fight to me. It's it's yeah, it was pretty good. It's it's such an interesting take on a, on a on a fight scene. I mean, jeez, nothing beats it. Yeah, it's 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 pretty good. Like I said, I think that that is one of the strong things for these Marvel things. At least it, even if it's even if it's not, you know, what people would consider top of the, you know, the great, you know, movies or uh, television shows of all time or anything. If nothing else, it is interesting. Something else, something's going on. It may not be what you want it to be, but by God, it's it's something certainly different. Yeah, definitely different. Uh, number 29. 29. Which show is more of a head trip, Legion or Moon Knight? Well, I, I would say it's Legion, and the reason why is because you can still follow the plot of this episode of moon night, whereas there would be large swaths of time on Legion where I'd be like, man, I love the show and I have no idea where we're at right now. You have 45 minutes and you're like, what just happened here? I don't know how to explain this to people. What is this show? I can remember in season two, not understanding at all what was going on until probably the last two episodes of that season where I was just like, I have, I have no idea what's happening right now. And I, and, and I love that show. As you guys know, I think the production design on that show is amazing, but that is way more trippy than this. There's a giant fat monster with yellow eyes. Who's sitting over in a corner. You're like, what, what's happening here? You you guys know how anti-Legion I was the first few episodes of that we watched. Like I yes. came around on it eventually, but it it made me feel too much like I had schizophrenia when I was watching. <laughs> yeah. And Moon Knight doesn't do that to me. I don't find Moon Knight to be nearly the head trip Legion was. So I think that right. makes me glide into it a little bit better. Sure. More easily. No one comes into Moon Knight going, Did somebody slip me a Mickey? What's going on here? He's <laughs> <laughs> all over can, the map. Can anyone explain the show? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that guy's crazy. You're like, okay, good. Thanks. Thanks for that. Uh... <laughs> all right. Let's wrap it all up with question 30. What if the entire series is about a Brit- a nervous British man with mental health issues and the last scene of each episode is him destroying a new bathroom while wearing a cape? Sean, all joking aside, this could possibly be what this show ends up being. Like, no. That's how that Lemire, the, the, the Lemire comic book was so out there that at the end, you don't know if this is just a guy in a mental hospital daydreaming. Right. But they're not going to go on the, on the Lemire stuff because there's, there's too much involved with this character. You love, know, you, you just know, pitched, you just pitched a show. I want to watch though. <laughs> well, that is an amazing idea for a TV show. I destroyed I, a lot of bathrooms in my day, so I can relate to that. But I think that, well, that's a different kind of destroy. I, I think that the, uh, uh, you know, it really feels like they're pushing for, cause they're not making another Moon Knight series but Moon Knight's going to be showing up in a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know. I feel like uh, of all the ones, I feel like this one could have the potential to be something of, of a series. And I, I think we have to start wondering, at least at some particular point, if these Marvel shows are going to just be, are they all one and done? Are we going to get another season? Well, we're getting anything? our, now, we're getting another season of Loki. So, you know, we've got that going for us. So there's other mm-hmm. things that I feel like. <laughs> I, I just like it, though. The end of episode three, somebody walks into the bathroom. Dang it, Steven, you've done it again. <laughs> you know not to let Steven go in the bathroom by himself. The the, the bathroom attendant comes back from a smoke break. <laughs> Dang it, Steven. I, walks in and I, goes, I, what? 
I think you're wrong though, Adam. I, I really do feel, and I don't have insider information on this, I, I but it does feel to me like they're going to make him part of the cinematic universe. I mean, you got that. Oscar Isaac. Why not? If he's into it, like it's a great commodity. Yeah. Oh, I think it'll always be their, their goal to push in that direction for certain things. And like, like we've said before, just have uh, the TV kind of be your testing ground. And then your movies where you do your big stuff. And like, if we're to believe the things that Kevin Feige has said that, uh, you know, there's no Avengers movies anymore. I mean, maybe we'll call them something else for sure, but. Oh, I would think so. I also, you know, it makes me wonder, and I know that we kind of lean this way anyway, but it makes me wonder if we're, we're seeing the first part of the midnight suns. Oh, I think we could be. I never even thought about that. You know, we're, we're leaning, we're leaning more into this stuff, the, the ground level nutty stuff. I I wouldn't, I I would imagine they did such a great job with ghost rider on agents of shield. It's literally the best part of that show. Uh, I, I, they gotta be bringing something like that back. I like that. One would hope, but we'll have all kinds of other questions and stuff to answer next week because we are here as uh, as always, bringing down another 30 questions for you. If you would like your question on the show, email us at marvel30q at gmail.com uh, to get your questions on the show. And uh, Bruce, where can we find more of your work on the internet? I'd like for people to check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash C slash Bruce Leslie. Lots of great anime reactions and reviews. Just finished recording a reaction to the final episode of part two of the final season of attack on Titan. So that'll be something to check out and lots of other cool stuff. The final, final of the final, you got to But It's not the final part of the final season. Son of a gun. That's how they get <laughs> so, you. But they, they are saying this is the final season. Uh, yeah, this is part two of the final season. Part three will be the conclusion of the final season in 2023. Oh, that's nice. I can't wait till that finishes. And then I'm going to watch it all. Uh, Sean, what else? Uh, we have a podcast called Hero Movie Podcast that we have been doing since we were children. And uh, there are a million episodes. And if you've never heard our voices before and you went, you know what, I'm going to give these guys going to give these guys a little more of my time. You check out Hero Movie Podcast because there are so many episodes of that show. There's over 400 episodes of that show. Tons and tons of information for you. Check all that out. And of course, uh, I have another show called The Film Fight. We talk about movies and stuff. Do check all that out. That is it, everybody. Join us next week when we're talking another 30 questions for Moon Night for Sweet Shawns of Kovacs from the Internet. Bruce Leslie, I'm Adam Portress. Go get yourself a flip phone. You put the boom boom into my heart. You send my soul sky high when you love him starts. To the boogie into my brain. Before you-